Hello and welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Over the many years I've been running a business, I've met many, many successful people, entrepreneurs, sports stars, celebrities, and dare I say, even royalty. So what makes a person successful? Do we know what success is? And the all-important question, can we create success for ourselves? This podcast series invites a diverse group of people to share their insights, their wisdom, and the things they've learned along the way. Now, if you're someone that struggles to get your creative juices flowing, then my guest today may just be the answer to all your prayers. An incredible, and I mean incredible, fine artist, Lou Hamilton has won multiple awards for her work and has recently completed a painting commission where, if the paintings were to be laid out side by side, they would stretch out and cross the entire length of nearly one and a half football pitches. That's soccer pitches if you're listening to us in the US. Now, if that's not enough, Lou has written two books, no mean feet there, and is host of her own podcast, Brave New Girl. How she finds the time to do all those things, I have absolutely no idea, but she is a wonderful lady, and I've got to credit her with a number of the guests that you've heard on the Sandro Forte podcast because they came by referral from the lovely Lou Hamilton. So I do want to start by thanking you, Lou, not just for being a wonderful podcast guest, because I know you will be from everything I know about you. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. But just to thank you for being kind of such a fan, if I can use that uh, expression. And I know that uh, at the top of the show, you did explain to me that sometimes you listen to the podcast whilst you're painting. So who knows, maybe with the inspiration behind one or two of your pieces. But to the lovely Lou Hamilton, welcome, first of all, to the Sandro Forte podcast. Thank you, Sandro. It's really great to be here to meet you finally after listening to you so much and listening to all your guests. Uh, it's a fantastic podcast and I love it. And it really does accompany me many times on my painting journey. Thank you. And I think you are the only second podcast host because it's rather intimidating when you're a podcast host to talk to a podcast host because you think, I bet they're analysing what I'm saying and have I asked the right question, but I'm just going to have to put all of that uh, nervousness to one side because uh, we, we, know we do have a lot to talk about in the next half an hour. So should we just dive right in and, um, and, and find out a bit more about Lou Hamilton? So maybe that would be a good place to start for those who don't know you. Uh, maybe just start as far back as you want to go, because I'm particularly interested as a pretty non-creative kind of person, how this amazing talent uh, was born really so a little bit about your background Lou and and kind of a bit more about uh, where you are right now I guess okay yeah so I'm pretty old so I'll I'll have to do a, qu a quick tour <laughs> through uh, through my past so I, was, I went to art school when when I left home um, and did fine art and then sort of went off and and did lots of sort of performance and um, sort of very kind of um, off the wall art installations and um, all sorts of kind of extraordinary things. And, um, and I was working as an artist. I was working as a sculptor and doing um, sculpture commissions. And, and then I, um, I, I was living in Lockerbie at the time and the plane crash, um, well, the, the um, Pan Am 103 was uh, blown up out of the sky. And that was sort of real sort of pivotal time for me. 
Um, I didn't lose anybody. I didn't, I wasn't injured, um, but it was an incredibly traumatic event. And it sort of turned things for me. And I, I did then leave Scotland um, a year or so later and came back down to, um, to England and went and did an MA in public art. And I started to think about, um, I had been doing some big commissions for, for sculpture and I, there was something about creating this one piece that was gonna have to withstand the test of time. And I actually had to sign um, a contract with, um, with the, the commissioners stating, and it was the same contract that architects have to sign, which is that you have to promise that this thing is gonna stand up for 50 years, like a building. Well, it was made out of scrap steel, which I kind of welded haphazardly together. And it was standing 30 foot in the air, 25 foot in the air by the, by the M4. So I didn't actually know whether it was going to stand up or not. But one of the things that as part of the commission was to work with community and um, to sort of tell the story behind the, the piece. And I realized that actually what I was really interested in was, was the storytelling. And so um, I was doing my MA and we had access to new uh, technology, which then was kind of now kind of looking back, it was this ancient, you know, like VHS recorder, um, film video recorder. And so I started getting in more into kind of installation and art and um, uh, video art and, um, and, and kind of really looking at sort of narrative. And one of the pieces we did was um, a performance um, whereby we sent out uh, 400 postcards to women and women's group around, around the country, asking them to uh, say the things that they felt that they hadn't said before. And, uh, and with, those, with those words, we then projected these giant mouths and out of the mouths came these, these words of the women's voices. So it was kind of a, a very, very early days, pre-technology, um, platform for people to say the things to tell their stories and so kind of fast forward 30 odd years um you know podcasts that came into existence and 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 i felt i i i'd been a documentary um director in in between time while raising raising kids and that had been very difficult towards the end trying to raise the money to to get the the films off the ground and so when the pandemic happened, I had the opportunity, I'd been doing these live um, Q&A sessions, which we'd recorded. And, and then when the pandemic happened, I thought, well, let's take it online. Let's do it remotely. And, and that's how my podcast was born. We'll talk about the podcast in a moment. I'm, I'm breathless listening to all of that. Uh, how, you know, how extraordinary to, to be all those things and you know the MA and the and the various things that you've done and the and the artistry uh, and the podcast and and I mean the the, the entire package is quite uh, quite awe inspiring if I can use those two words. One thing that I heard you say, Lou, that I'd just like to touch on because I think this is really what defines us as people, and it's clearly defined you. I think you talked about the fear and the trauma of what happened in Lockerbie when you were there. And I, I have to say, I didn't know that about you. Um, but what I get a sense of is that that moment in your life kind of defined you. And to a certain extent, fast forward, as you say, a number of years to, the, to a global pandemic. Uh, if I can phrase it this way, what I hear is that Lou Hamilton takes those, those moments in her life, those moments of 
challenge, the, the obstacles that we all face, and you took some kind of action despite those challenges, rather than adopt this kind of apathetic approach to life, which obviously so many people do because fear tends to freeze us sometimes. To what extent have the challenges in your life defined you and how are they reflected, for example, in the work that you do, the art, the art that, you, that you create uh, from the paintings to the sculptures to, to everything else? Well, I would say that I didn't handle it very well. What I did was I suppressed it because I felt that because nothing, because I hadn't lost anybody, uh, I didn't have the right to grieve that trauma. And so I suppressed it. And then, you know, a few years down the line, we were um, making a film about people with terminal illness, which we, we filmed over three years. And, and at that point, we, Channel 4 gave us, they paid for us to have psychotherapy. Um, because it was quite a sort of traumatic film to be making and 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 what started to come out then was these kind of layers of trauma that had happened at various points and 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 chat you know kind of deep challenge and and still I I sort of suppressed it got on with work um kept kept going and it was only really in my 40s that I started to that these things started to kind of bubble up and it gets to the point where you think actually I can't I can't suppress it anymore I actually do have to face it and 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 it wasn't until I was I turned 50 which was another sort of very pivotal year for me that my grandmother who I was very close to she died um my kids were leaving home I was sort of you know they'd left the nest and I was standing on the edge of the nest kind of waving them off thinking well, so now what for me? And, you know, my my filming was sort of getting getting harder and harder to sort of keep going. Um, and I just suddenly sat down and I picked up a pen. I just had the urge to pick up a pencil and I started drawing and out popped this, this little character that later became known as Brave New Girl. And I posted her on online and with a kind of little sort of inspirational saying and, 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 the, the response was instant and people kept saying, oh, we want more, so keep posting these drawings, keep posting and we want, and she became known as Brave New Girl. And, and, and I think what, what this character was doing was, 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 was kind of pointing the way for me. Um, I thought that she was really there to kind of, you know, like a send off to my kids out into the world, be brave, go and do all the things you want to do, be courageous all of that but actually I think what it was was showing me the way and and quite often this little character would you know if she couldn't do something she would invent a way and there was no stopping her the, the kind of the world was her oyster and I and I think she she definitely was kind of teaching me something from kind of my deep psyche and and then she eventually you know it became a book and um and, and I then started to really look at fear and, and how it was stopping me. And, and of course, you know, I trained as a coach. I was, I, because to help myself really, but then sort of help to help other people to really look at what fear was and, and how we can use that energy to, you know, we're not gonna get rid of it. I, I, my next book was Fear, Fear Less, and it was originally gonna be called Fearless. And I was like, mm, that's not quite true, is it? Because we're never going to get rid of fear and, we, and it's there to sort of help us and, and uh, protect us. But actually, you know, sometimes it's kind of overprotecting. And, and so how do we use that to kind of 
be our best selves. And so that's how Fearless came about. I love that. That's a that's a fantastic title for a book. And uh, for those listening, you know, I do actively encourage you to read the book because there's loads of, which we're never going to cover in half an hour today, but loads of really good stuff that uh, we can all benefit from reading. I'm really interested, Lou, as well, as I listen to you speak about the work you do, and I've seen a lot of your your work and it is incredible. I want to know, as a fairly non-creative person, and, and, and maybe I'm doing myself an injustice, but clearly not as creative as you, is that something that just comes naturally or like a comedian do you do you find inspiration in what you see and the experiences of life where, where does the, the next sculpture come from or all those paintings that if you line them side by side they cover one and a half football pitches how on earth do you do you cope uh mentally uh, in terms of generating over and over and again re- almost reinventing yourself where does it come from natural or acquired well, I think a bit of both. I think um, when I started drawing again, I hadn't painted in years. And, you know, these were tiny little black and white drawings. And I suddenly had the urge um, to start painting using colour and making big work. And I and once I started it, it was like I was sort of vomiting art. <laughs> it's just like coming out of every orifice. And, and I think part of that was, you know, years of frustration of not being creative or not being as creative as as I wanted to be as a director you know lots of kind of things that kind of barriers um and you know raising two kids you know I think a lot of creativity goes into that um and so in this kind of new period of my life was suddenly I had the freedom to really explore and play and it was almost like sort of going back to to childhood again um with no sort of barriers it's like okay so you know what what can I I can do anything I can create anything and and that's a sort of um that's not always a um a great gift so so I learned to sort of put constraints in my way with the painting and the work that I'd always really admired painters that I'd always really admired had been very um seemingly simple um simple pieces of work that that cover that covered up a, um layers of complexity and and that's how I came back to painting so I I keep I, I create these pieces that have that do seem very simple the shapes seem very simple and the colors seem very sim- simple but how how they're they're built um and I guess this comes from being a sculptor is is by putting down layers and layers and layers and purposefully making them wrong. So a a painting ends up being better for all of the mistakes that I've made on purpose um, and sometimes accidentally, but all of the accidents, all of the sort of wrong turns, all of the the sort of risks that I take in those those interim layers. all all kind of help the piece come together and then the final layers are very I'm what I try to do is is sort of calm the whole thing down um and I know when they're finished when there's a sort of hum that that comes off them and I think that that's a really good analogy for life is that you know you you never get it right straight off the bat and uh and and I think for young people you know they they feel under pressure to kind of 
to get to get to their sort of endpoint really really quickly and 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 I think this sort of process of painting really helps me to understand that actually all of those wiggly lines that you know that kind of messy route to where we are is is sort of on purpose. I am um, I use a little line from time to time Lou that goes something along the lines of what make li what makes life perfect is its imperfections. Um, and what and that's exactly to your point. You know, you're saying that uh, the things that go wrong shape us, define us, help us find a way. And and what you're really instructing us to do here, uh, or advising us to do, is to embrace the things that go wrong because ultimately they take us to a to a new place. Um, and and to the people out there, and and I just want to share with you, Lou. And this may surprise you. We get as many emails from people who say. I'm not academic enough to be successful. As we get emails from people say, I just, I've never, I will never come up with a good idea that will help me to do anything meaningful in life. What do you say to the people who perceive themselves to be not particularly creative, bearing in mind that as children, we were the most creative creatures on the planet, right? What, what do you say to people who, who, who often email us saying, well, well, I'm not, just not very creative. So I don't think I'm ever gonna come up with a good idea. Well, I think to be human is to be creative. You know, that's how we've evolved. You know, we're problem solvers. If there's something that's not going right, you'll kind of find a way to, to get through it, around it. You know, it's why we, we can fly. It's why, you know, we are where we are. That's and not kind of living in caves. It's our creativity that has helped us evolve. Every one of us, you know, when you get up in the morning, you know, you design your day. You just you decide what clothes you're going to wear. You you every every decision is a creative decision. But whether you you're artistic, I think that's that's a different thing. But you can borrow from artists um, in your own world. So um, I went back to 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 being an artist with you know picking up a pencil and and just scribbling and yes it did turn into something because I was an artist but there's a you know there's a huge um thing around uh, science around doodling and the power of doodling and you know in the olden days when we used to have landlines you know pretty much everyone had a, a notepad next to the to the phone and they would doodle and scribble and you know you could look at those kind of scribbles and think oh wow there's amazing patterns in there and but what's happening is that the act of scribbling is processing what you're hearing and and um and they say that you know if you if you are doodling while you're listening to a lecture or listening to something that you're trying to learn that your learning capacity is increased massively so I think all of these things, you know, these tools that artists do as part of their, their living um, is that, that all of those things are useful in, in everybody's lives to become more creative, to, to play, to, to think in a more innovative way, to kind of allow yourself to take risks. All of those things um, are available to everybody, not just to artists. You, um, well said, I have to say, Lou, you... Um are someone that clearly uses art uh, and also your podcast to get yours or other voices heard. Another thing that we get often, I'm sorry, I'm going through this entire list of emails now, help, helping people to get answers to their various questions, uh, but you're just the perfect guest to be able to answer them. Um, 
for people who struggle to get their voice heard, and when, and when I talk about the voice, I don't necessarily mean about the physical voice. I mean about, you know, their presence, a, a story or an idea or a view on something. Again, what would you, what advice would you give to people who struggle to get their voice heard? Um, and it might be not because people aren't prepared to listen, but because they just are a bit apathetic towards starting the process. How, how do people get their voice heard? We know how you do it, but... Um, any, any thoughts or observations on all those people who feel very suppressed? We know some people at the moment who are um, very vociferous in terms of making sure that people get to hear what they have to say. But there's a vast majority of us that do struggle to get our voices heard. So what would you what would you say to those people? Well, I've just written a book called which has just come out called Dare to Share. And the reason I wrote it. But, Predominantly, it was to help people to, to get their stories out there and, and using, in this case, the medium of, of podcasts. But, but the kind of the essence is the same for, for anything. And, and the reason I did it was because I was always very shy. I was always, I am an, um, an introvert. My brain doesn't work in the same way that other people's in terms of, you know, I don't find walking into a room full of people very easy. Um, I would much rather be working at home on my own. The pandemic in many respects was a relief for me. Um, the idea of talking about myself is, is, doesn't come easily. Um, and it's not something that I would by choice do very very willingly but I do see the the benefit of each and every one of us you know we we each and every one of us has have our story and our experiences and the challenges that we've been through and the courage that we have shown at some point and when we tell that story there will be somebody that hears that story and will be helped by that and and I and I really believe that and I and I and that's why I do what I do that's why I have the agency to sort of help people get out there and get their messages out there and 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 I believe that you know if I can do it then anybody can do it well to the introvert in Lou Hamilton uh, I best not tell you how many subscribers we've got because that would terrify you but thank you thank you for being so brave uh, in joining us today um any significant challenges in your life? I want to talk about the podcast and I want to talk about your coaching as well and the books, of course. We've got to squeeze all that in yet. But um, any particular challenges? Do you have, you know, mental blocks as an artist? Do you have, um, you know, you talked about the sad passing of your grandmother to whom you're very close and then the Lockerbie experience. Um, you know, that's enough for, for one lifetime. How do you deal with, with any kind of challenge, Lou? Do you know, do you, do you reset yourself? Do you just plow on regardless? Do you take a step back and, and reflect on things. How, how does Lou deal with the challenges that she faces, which of course we all do from time to time in life? Yeah, so if, if something happens, then I usually give myself, I've learned to give myself 24 hours to, to grieve that thing. So to either go through whatever the, the, the experience or the challenges is making me feel. So I look at what that emotion is. So. You know, am I feeling shame because I haven't achieved something or um, am I feeling lost or grief or anger or, you know, what are any of those those sort of what we call negative emotions? And I let myself kind of be in that. So I walk into my story 
and and I and I hold myself there and I know that I have to do that for for a period of time but I've learned that if I do that and if I don't as I used to do suppress those emotions if I sit with them and really allow them to I and I allow that the allow myself to feel the pain then usually by sort of 24 hours I'm beginning to feel like okay now now what do I do now what do, how do I use what I've just learned how do I move forward how do I adapt how can I be flexible around this if if it's something if it's a loss then how do I embrace that as part of who I am and move forward um but I think that you know what I've learned is that the importance of of walking into that pain first before you before you allow yourself to kind of find the positive and and find the learnings and you know it's very easy in this you know we're we've sort of been taught to kind of look at the positive um but I think we can jump into that too quickly and 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 do what I used to do, which was suppress. And that's and look, that's a great bit of advice. I mean, the way I would summarize that is almost creating this protective vacuum between the pain and, and the opportunity that follows. Um, the, the podcast, uh, what what prompted that? What inspired you to do that? And for those that don't know about your podcast, although I'm sure they'll all be clambering now to uh, to check it out. Just to, just briefly explain to us what the podcast is what you talk about and, and typically the kinds of guests that you have on your your show Lou yeah so it's it's called Brave New Girl and uh, it came about because you know I'd written this book and I wanted brave the concept of Brave New Girl to sort of be out there and reach more people and so I thought well why not have real life Brave New Girls come and and talk with me and and because my documentary background I I felt very comfortable in that space of of having a conversation and interviewing somebody um, and helping them to tell their story and giving them the space and the platform to tell their story. And, and what we look at is um, their purpose, their passion, the pain points and the, their possibilities for the future, but with all of their experiences, how they define courage and how they found courage in, in their lives and how they have been able to move forward from, from those, those very difficult situations, which, you know, all of us, all of us been through at some point. And on what platforms would we find it? Um, wherever you listen to your podcast, it's, it's there. Okay, super. And the books, I, I just want to, because, you know, I'm an author of one book and I, I still feel the pain of writing that book cover to cover. Uh, and for those who are in any doubt, I did not type it. I literally physically hand wrote it because I'm a dinosaur. Um, anybody who's written more than one book, I, I have to I have to humbly bow down in front of. Uh, so you are prolific as an author in my book. Excuse the pun. Um, Fear, fearless is one. Uh, dare to share another. Just tell us about the books in, in summary so we can go check them out. So, yes, yeah, so Brave New Girl, How to Be Fearless was the first one, which is more of its uh, drawings and uh, sort of inspirational sayings. Um, so with that one, it's a thing where you open up randomly on a page and see what the message, what message Brave New Girl has for you that day. Um, the next one is Fearless, which is more of a, a self-coaching book. So it takes you through the kind of whole process of how to look at your fear, what it is, um, how it shows up and how to use it uh, creatively. 
Um, and then Dare to Share is, again, looking at your story and finding ways to share it in ways that will help other people and bring new audi audiences into your own world. And uh, we can't let the podcast go without talking about Create Lab either. So tell us a little bit about the work that you do to help others. Okay, so um, Create Lab came about um, a few years back, even pre-Brave um, New Girl. And because I do so many different um, creative things, um, and it's very confusing for other people, I, it, it's not confusing for me because I see it as um, holding an, an umbrella and the different things that I do being spokes on that umbrella. Um, but I felt that I needed a, a term to kind of embrace all of that. And so that's how Create Lab came about. So it's the kind of umbrella for all of the different things that I do. And coaching, of course, is one of those spokes. So uh, tell us about the work that you do and typically the kinds of people that you're dealing with and, and what you help them with. Yeah, so with, with coaching, it was it's very much um, the people feeling fear, feeling overwhelmed, um, not being able to move forward, feeling stuck. And, and I've helped people sort of get past that and to kind of reframe their story so that they can, they can move forward. Um, over time, my coaching has, been, has become much more part and parcel of everything that I do. So, so with, the, um, with the podcast, it feels very much kind of that, that, that whole thing is a kind of coaching vehicle. Um, and I do occasionally do one-to-ones, but I feel like the coaching is sort of, has been woven into everything that I do. Final couple of questions, Lou, because uh, half an hour has disappeared in the blink of an eye. How do we find out more about you? I mean, I happen to know that you're uh, you're very active on social media. I mean, we interact an awful lot. Probably I interact more with you than I think I do with anybody. But for those people who, who didn't know you before the podcast today, and now we know an awful lot more, so thank you for sharing so openly. How do people find out more about you? I mean, we'll talk about the books um, uh, right at the end, but um, how do people find out more about you? You know, you LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and all the other stuff. Yeah, so so the main ones that I'm on that I love to to use uh, Instagram is brave underscore new girl, and uh, LinkedIn I'm on quite a lot um, as Lou Hamilton Create Lab. Um, Facebook I think you can find me as Lou Hamilton or, um, or Brave New Girl, um, and Twitter as Create Lab. So yeah, unfortunately I didn't grab one name and then put it across everything like some of the clever people have done but yeah so I'm a bit of a mishmash everywhere <laughs> yeah well yeah somebody once stole my name on Twitter I've never quite found the culprit so I had to come up with a different name on on Twitter but other than that Sandro Forte is such an unusual name I managed to grab uh, that handle on all the others final question and because I know you listen to the podcast regularly uh you know what's coming you've got two lovely children one of them maybe both of them comes up to you one day and says Mum, you know, we have admired everything you've achieved in life. And earlier you, you uh, referred to yourself as being old, Lou. You do not look old at all. Um, but in all of those years, Mum, that you've gathered all this experience in life and business and all the things you've done to help people and the books you've written and Brave New Girls, Anecdote of the Day, if you could narrow all of those life lessons into one that we could follow, one rule to live by, what would the one rule above all others be, Lou? Put your love goggles on. 
I love that. That is, you are the, definitely the first person that's got anywhere close to coming up with an answer like that at the end of the podcast. Um, I'm going to let people, I'm not going to ask you to explain any more detail other than to ask people to reflect on what Lou's just said at the end of a wonderful podcast. Um, what can I say? I, I always knew this was going to be a lovely chat today with a, a fabulously talented lady who shared so much for so many people. So Lou, I hope we get the chance again. Uh, I'm sure we will because there'll be loads of great feedback, I'm sure, pouring into the email and everyone knows it's hello at sandraspodcast.com. Uh, but Lou Hamilton, thank you so much for being a really, really wonderful guest today on the Sandro Forte podcast. Thank you so much. It's been fantastic to meet you and chat with you. And thank you to all of you for joining us on the Sandro Forte podcast. Wasn't Lou Hamilton absolutely terrific? She says she's an introvert, but I mean, I, I didn't get that impression at all. So she was uh, particularly brave today to join us and to share some amazing insights as all of our guests do in their own way every single week. And of course, we've got a new guest joining us next week. So do make sure you join us then. Please subscribe. As you know, follow us on all the usual social media platforms. And one of the things we're going to do is we're going to purchase from Lou a little bundle of her books and we'll be giving them away as we do from time to time. Uh, and you know how to automatically enter yourself into the Sandro Forte podcast um, guest uh, competition if that's the right expression, to make sure you're in with a chance of winning Lou's bundle of books. Uh, finally, to Lou Hamilton, once again, for being a wonderful guest and to all of you for listening from all around the world, very proud to say, until this time next week and another fantastic guest, just like Lou Hamilton, it's goodbye for now. <laughs>